turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us! That's right! I love this American right! Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah! All right. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Very uh, glad to have you with us today. Got a lot of stuff to get through, and I... I'm I'm curious to, to to hear your thoughts on the big issue of the day, which is whether or not Joe Biden is stumbling his way to World War III. And it seems as though the United States is itching for a fight here, that the United States is going out of its way to uh, to provoke Russia into attacking us and uh, there's just a lot there's a lot to unravel on that topic today Uh, we're going to get to that plus um, the the latest from the political world where there's a lot of intrigue palace intrigue underway between ron desantis and and a lot of people are wondering why ron desantis is now um, surrounding himself with a lot of establishment Republicans and Republicans in name only, a lot of Mitt Romney supporters uh, now circling around Ron DeSantis. We're going to get to that as well as your calls, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number, that's 844-747-8868. It's very interesting when you uh, watch this speech that Vladimir Putin delivered earlier today, and uh, Putin is... Uh, and and we're not big Putin fans here. We're not big fans of Russia or Ukraine. And quite frankly, they need to figure it out amongst themselves. But they're not doing that right now because they want Ukraine, wants the United States to fight their war for them. And it looks like Biden is more than happy to do that. Biden cares more about the Ukrainians than he does United States citizens. And that may have something to do with the fact that he was also over there to collect a paycheck for Hunter. Could be. But Putin gives a speech, uh, sort of the State of the Nation address, which happened uh, right around the first anniversary of the war in Ukraine. And I was fascinated when I when I read through this speech, and Putin talked about how, it, and the way he is, he's classifying the war in Ukraine, it's not between Ukraine and Russia. He believes it's between Russia and the West. And he believes that Western elites are using Ukraine to try and destroy Russia. Now, I think that's a load of hooey, but that's what he believes. 
But as I continued to read through this this speech, I, I was fascinated because of the concerns that Putin expressed, talking about how the West has plummeted into debauchery, that uh, he called out the, the sex and gender revolutionaries and talked about how transgenderism and these gender wars have destroyed America. He goes on to talk about how the, the left has declared war on Christianity, not just in the United States, but also in the UK. And when you look back on world history, you realize that these are the same kinds of problems that eventually led to the destruction of those civilizations, whether it be uh, ancient Rome, whether it be where we are right now in the midst of our nation, where we are in the throes of revolution. It's not a shooting revolution, but it's a revolution of or ideas, a revolution of, of theology, it's a, a revolution of pretty much what it means to be a human being. And Putin was talking about these concepts. It was just a fascinating, fascinating thing to watch Putin call out the, the West, and specifically the United States, for basically being a, a, a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. And the problem is he's not wrong. I mean, he's really not wrong. So there are grave concerns right now that that Russia and China may partner together and we could be dealing with a a frightening scenario of a world war with Russia and China on the same side. And there are warnings now of global war. And my question to you is how concerned are you about that and do you think the United States could win a world war? I would be willing to say that many of you, and especially those of you who have loved ones in the military, already know the frightening answer to that question. I'm not sure we would be able to win a war. And it has nothing to do with the brave men and women who are fighting in our military. It has everything to do with the Pentagon and these woke policies, because they're not training these young men and women how to blow things up and kill the enemy. They're, they're training these young men and women to be social justice warriors. So I'm wondering, do you believe it would be a big mistake for the United States to get into a shooting war with Russia and China? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, Vladimir Putin announced that he's suspending the nuclear treaty so you could very well see a rise in the in the manufacture of nuclear weapons, as President George W. Bush might say. Putin said, we're not fighting the Ukrainian people. The Ukrainian people have become hostages of the Kiev regime and the Western masters. That would be Joe Biden. And he said they have effectively occupied the country. You see, this whole thing doesn't smell right to me, right? The whole thing just does not smell right. And Zelensky is as corrupt as they come. By the way, and this is the great irony here, Russia is standing up for religious liberty. Meanwhile, Ukraine is punishing people who are of the Christian faith. Try to figure that one out. Well, let's go to the phones here. Right out of the gate, let's go to North Carolina, WSIC, our great affiliate there, Charles on the line. Charles, do you think this is a good idea to get into a shooting war? 
Todd, uh, I think this is a total disaster and it's unnecessary. Uh, Joe Biden and this regime, they are sleepwalking the United States and, and the West into a shooting war with Russia that does not need to escalate to, uh, to that level. This is an ethnic conflict, and most Americans and people in the West side, you need to have an understanding of Russian history, the dynamics between Russia and the Ukraine uh, region, and European history. And if you look at a map, Todd, there are no geographical boundaries uh, like mountain ranges that separate Russia from Europe. And during the Cold War, we had NATO and we had the Warsaw Pact. They were about equal number of countries. Well, when the Warsaw Pact collapsed, NATO expanded eastward by absorbing all of those countries. And it was the understood that Ukraine would remain independent. You know, Russia's been invaded by uh, the Swedes, by Napoleon, by the Nazis. And it's understandable how they want some, some space between them and the West. And the West messed up by halfway suggesting that Ukraine could join NATO. And as you know, Russia's always uh, needs an outlet to the Black Sea there with, uh, in the Crimea. But if, if we think we are going to go into territory that was former, the former Soviet Union territory, and we're going to drive the Russians out of Ukraine and out of Crimea, Todd, you're, we're asking for World War III. There's about as much chance as that happening is uh, imagine if Russia had put uh, troops in Mexico and somehow we, well, we were going to give California back to Mexico and you're going to deprive the United States of a naval base in San Diego. It's just not going to happen. And the Russians will use nuclear weapons before they allow that to happen. And rather than poke the bear, Todd, unnecessarily, we need to be concerned about that crouching Chinese tiger that's at our back that we're ignoring right now that's what i think yeah charles it's there's there's a lot to unravel here and again this goes back to our our position on the world stage which has been marginalized i mean the rest of the world sees the united states as joe biden as if we're the ones who have dementia so they've shoved us off to the side i don't think we matter all that much uh, at least our opinion doesn't matter all that much. Compare that and contrast that to President Trump when he was in office when everybody feared the United States. So it's amazing that shift that's taken place really over the past couple of years now. But but Vladimir Putin is is claiming that this is really about uh, the, the hedonistic West. And in this speech, he was denouncing the perversion of the West, the spiritual catastrophe. That's the exact word he used, spiritual catastrophe in the West. He called Zelensky a neo-Nazi, which I do believe. And he called out the Anglican Church for affirming the idea of a gender-neutral God. So I don't know. I don't know if Putin's really a Christian. I don't know the man. But he is certainly hitting the and striking the right chord when he is framing this debate right now. And, yeah, I, and on that issue, I think he has the high ground. But I don't support Vladimir uh, Putin and uh, or you know, Russia or Ukraine, really, Todd. Uh, but Zelensky's an authoritarian. You look at he's outlawed his political opposition. He's taken control of the media. He's banned that Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And, Todd, what's bad is that we are sleepwalking into this war without 
the consent of the American people and without congressional approval. And only Congress has the power to declare war. And Joe Biden has not gone before the American people and said, hey, this is our strategy. This is this is these are our, our goals. And this is what it's going to cost. He's not laying any of that out. And if he did, the American people would not support that. But we have to no. have face of this. But this could escalate out of control. It's, it's we're heading down a very difficult path right now and somebody needs to wake up and and step on the brakes charles got to run appreciate the call 844-747-8868 that is our toll-free telephone number that's 844-747-8868 but just remember back in the early days of all of this if you if you dared say anything or question anything about this war you were castigated. You were all of a sudden an enemy of America. You were a Putinite, a Putin puppet. Go back to those early days. If you were not flying the Ukrainian flag outside your house, they were calling you out on that. So here we are, and it looks like Biden is hell-bent on stumbling us into into a war. With Russia, China, don't know, but it's going to be a bad move. All right, folks, we've got to take a break here. Can I tell you about what's happening with MyPillow? Mike Lindell has been hard at work creating a brand new MyPillow. It's called MyPillow 2.0. It has this new technology, which is fascinating. By the way, made right here in in America, the USA. It's a brand new fabric, and it's made with a temperature-regulating thread. So what does that mean? It is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you will ever own. And get this, for our listeners, buy one MyPillow 2.0. You're going to get the second one free with my promo code STARNS. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS. And be sure to use my promo code, which is my last name. You can also give them a call at 1-800-839-8506. We'll be right back. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, I got a question for you. Who do you think the the best president in the last 30 years has been? The last 30 years, the best president in America. A new Rasmussen poll reveals that former President Donald Trump took top honors as both the best and worst president since the early 1990s. That goes all the way back to Bill Clinton's tenure in the White House. Uh, Rasmussen uh, released a President's Day poll yesterday. 36% say Trump was the best commander-in-chief of the last five presidents. 
That would be Biden, Trump, Obama, George W., and Clinton. Former President Barack Hussein Obama came in second place with 30%. The poll also found that 41% said Trump was the worst president in the last 30 years, followed closely by Joe Biden at 39%. So I'm curious, in your estimation, who was the best president over the last 30 years? You know, it will say 40 years. I'm a Ronald Reagan man. But I will say, if you're looking at the last 30 years, Donald Trump, hands down, best president in the last 30 years. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. James, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, James, what's on your mind? Yeah, what's on my mind is that I agree, Trump, but for one thing, he challenged the status quo. You know, when I was growing up, we always talked about the bureaucracy. We always talking about the high tier that it takes so long to do nothing. And that's what one of the things that Donald Trump said one time where it took so long to do nothing. And the American people, I don't care where you live, you can live in Collierville to north of South Memphis. A lot of, a lot of Americans just low information. When you don't understand that the communists, when I was growing up, took civics, and a lot of this, a lot of things about the communists, man, you wouldn't want to have nobody that you know stay next door that was a communist. But now it's seen that the communists had brainwashed these people because of some cheap, some cheap thing. You can go go to K-Body and Target, wherever you can go get it from, where they, the only way the Chinese have been able to be successful is they had slaves. They had their own slaves. They didn't have to go to Africa or wherever. They had their own with 1.5 billion people. They didn't have to go nowhere. And we got all excited about this cheap crap that comes here, and we run and break our neck to buy it, but we have financed an enemy that if you read about the Communist Party, you read about Muster, you read about all these quacks, that they didn't even feed their kid, their own people that went along with the foolishness. James, let me tell you something. China, China owns this country, and sooner or later they're going to become uh, they're going to be coming with their hand out saying it's time to pay the piper. And I really fear that day. But right now, uh, you're right. The communist people don't understand. They don't seem to remember. And certainly, I don't think they teach about the Cold War and the atrocities of the communist in public school, which is why you've got so many young people who are embracing communism and socialism, James. It's insanity. It's a lot of... See, when you look at the word communist, the word, it means it's some good stuff going on, but in reality, it's just the opposite. Look at Castro. When Castro first did it to Cuba, he was really anti this. He was for the people, even though he was a communist. But the point about it is he died a rich man. Yes, he did. Now, these people ain't supposed to like capitalism, but as I'm concerned, capitalism and the, it, the communism wouldn't even exist without capitalism because you need some capital to run the communists. <laughs> it's insanity. It's insanity. It is insanity. We for this crap. James, we got to leave it there. We're going to be late for a break, but I, I hear you, sir, and, and there's a lot of truth there. James, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening to KWAM. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. All right, if you're ranking president, you know what? Forget the last 40 years. Let's just do all time. Who do you think the greatest president of all time is? 
All right, we're going to be taking your calls coming up. Stick around. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us today. So I, I was, I'm, I'm hesitating whether or not to, to, to bring this up, but I, um, I think I feel like we need to, to bring something up here. So a couple of, a couple of items. All right, and uh, several of them have just happened. So here we go. Uh, just a little while ago, massive fire breaks out at a Brooklyn lumber storage warehouse. And I mean the huge smoke and flames over the Williamsburg section of um, of Brooklyn, New York. Now, then there was um, about an hour or so ago, there was another train derailment. This one, Union Pacific, and it happened in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Chemicals were on board the train. So that happened this morning. Then, a couple of hours ago, there was an industrial explosion with multiple injuries and fatalities in Medley, Florida. We don't know what that that's all about. We understand at least two people were killed and big-time explosions and fires. Uh, then yesterday, there was a massive fire and explosion at a another manufacturing plant, uh, this one in Bedford, Ohio, the Ohio Metal Factory. It exploded. And it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's um, something's going on here, folks. And now we've had, what, five, six train derailments in the past week or so now? Uh, how many... How many times have we told you about the food warehouses and the distribution centers that have gone up in smoke? Just the other day, you had major power outages at JFK International Airport, Oakland, California. As a matter of fact, the power outage in Oakland also affected Oakland International Airport. So I don't, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but it feel, does it feel to you like America is under attack? Because I'm not, I'm not into the coincidences. I just find it very strange that this this much sabotage is happening 
in such a very short amount of time. And most of it's happened since we shot down the, the Chinese spy balloon. So here's the question. And is this the, the enemy we are dealing with? Is this a foreign enemy or a domestic enemy? Either way, you need to pay attention and wake up because something's going on here. No, no, I didn't buy aluminum foil. T- no, I didn't do that, Dylan. I'm just saying this. No, I don't have an aluminum tin foil hat on. I'm just saying something is not right here. It's something is off. And maybe it's just me. 844-747-8868. If you don't think it's me or you think it's me, give us a call. 844-747-8868. Now, we have an interesting story. And this involves a high school student. This is we got we have a couple of stories involving high school students. This one is in Culver City, California. Parents there are pushing back because the school district has eliminated they've gotten rid of the honors classes. Now, when you were back in school, and and I suspect this is most of our audience, you aspired. Many of us aspired to be in the smart kid classes. Right, so you wanted to you wanted to work hard. You wanted to get your homework. You were studying for your test, so you could get into an honors class, which would give you a leg up if you were going to college. And it was something you aspired you aspired to be better. Well, that's not going to happen anymore because the educators in Culver City, California, they have eliminated all the honors classes. And instead, they've made all the classes, all the coursework is now uniform. In other words, the smart kids are being punished in the name of diversity. Now, the school district says that they decided to do away with, do away with honors classes to make sure students of all races receive an equal education, which inherently is racist on the part of the school board for them to think that some races will not do as well as others in these honors classes. But the stupid media, they, they, they didn't see that. Anyway, this is going on all over the country, Wisconsin, Rhode Island, other places in California. But here's what I find fascinating about this story. The teachers say there are far too many Asian students in the honors classes. So now they're coming after the Asian kids. So they had a big school board meeting the other day, and I thought this was fascinating. The, the one guy who made the most sense in the world is not even from here. The guy was born in Cuba, as JFK would say, or Cuba, as the rest of us say. Anyway, this poor guy, this dad, says it is never a good – he's horrified. He says, wait a second, I've seen this before. He said it's never a good idea when people are trying to achieve equal outcomes – for everyone. So what's going on here? Well, this is what the dumbing down of America looks like. It is intentional and it is nefarious. And as Nikita Khrushchev once said, when the Soviet Union was around, America is going to destroy itself from within. And and that's what this is. Go back and look at your world history. It, it reveals a strategy that has been used in the past to bring down many great civilizations. As history teaches us, it is much easier to control an ignorant population. And this is why we're looking at the dumbing down of America. So anyway, we have some audio. I want to play this this audio, and it's, it's a bit lengthy, but it's worth it because you need to hear this for yourself. It's a, a young teenager 
His name is Brad Taylor, 15 years old, little freshman in high school. And this kid is just a regular kid. I think he likes to play on the, he plays on the golf team. He's he's a good and decent kid going to a high school there in Minnesota. The school board district has gone incredibly woke. And this young man, a student at Rosemount High School. So I want you to listen as uh, this young man addresses his school board, cut number 14. Hi, my name is Brad Taylor, and I just finished my freshman year at RHS. Um, I've been a part of District 196 schools now for 10 years, and I'm going to give you a glimpse today of what's actually going on inside these schools. Um, Despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll take you... I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, He began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me, or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while, and I know most of the people, I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district. Um, But You must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I'll never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out, it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it, and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS specific, about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? Disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. And it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement. But from my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not going to say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been... I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. 
I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who, by the way, is of color, discreetly told me that the schools seem to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proved that not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. And, and there will be sacrifices, and I will not get to walk in the graduation ceremony or attend milestones at RHS, but I will be able to learn in an environment that is not intent on punishing me daily for my skin color and political views. Now, regardless of how you take my speech, whether you just shrug it off as malarkey or Fox News talking points, I encourage you to think about it, because someday I'm going to be a leader. I may be the president, a governor, or just a professional golfer, but I will never stop believing that everybody has value, no matter their skin color or personal beliefs, and it's a shame that you're not going to be able to say that I was an alumni of RHS in District 196. Thank you. Mari, good for you, young man. And, and again, this is a 15-year-old kid. And that tells me this is why we have hope in America, because you have kids like this out there. But the question we have to ask ourselves, are, are kids like this, Brad Taylor, do we have more kids like him or do we have more kids of the woke variety out there? That will determine the future of this country. But I'm telling you, it's, it's shameful. But we live in a country right now where kids are being judged by the color of their skin. And I say this because it ties into what we talked about in the, in the opening segment of this radio program. Because we are not prepared to fight a war because we are not the United States of America. The Democrats have divided us. The Democrats have forced a generation, really two generations, to focus solely on race as the defining factor over everything. And as a result of that, we could very well lose a war. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, welcome back. Got a question for you. Is it oh is it ever okay to censor the contents of a of a storybook? Is there any is there any reason why it should be okay? And the reason I, I ask this question, there's a story at National Public Welfare Radio, NPR. And there's been some controversy surrounding two books, some beloved books, written by Roald Dahl who um, wrote Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. You might remember Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Oopaloopas, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. So the British newspaper, newspaper, The Telegraph, reports that his books, Mr. Dahl's books, are being edited 
to remove words that could be deemed offensive to some readers. This is fascinating stuff. It's all woke, by the way. The character Augustus Gloop in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is that the fat kid? Augustus was the fat kid. Okay, good. Um, Oh, well, yeah, he was the fat kid because the character is no longer called fat in the storybook. Because they say that word, calling a character fat, is now offensive. Instead, they're calling Augustus Gloop enormous. Isn't that worse? It seems to me. That's. Would you rather be called fat or enormous? Good Lord, he's enormous. By the way, the Oompa Loompas have also become targets. They're no longer... <laughs> Oh, they're not midgets. We're not allowed to say midget, by the way. So we try not to say the word midget. And when we do say the word midget, we're, we apologize for saying the word midget. Instead of being called small men, Oompa Loompas are now being called small people. Further, the changes to these books, reading from National Public Welfare Radio, further, the changes to these books include adding language not originally written by the author. In his 1983 book, The Witches, he writes that witches are bald beneath their wigs. I didn't know that. Hmm. According to the Telegraph, an added line in New Editions says, quote, There are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a child storybook. The publisher, Puffin, and the Ronald Dahl Story Company, they manage the copyrights of the books, did not respond to NPR's request for a comment. But the Ronald Dahl Story Company told Associated Press it worked with Puffin to review the books out of a desire to ensure the stories and characters continue to be enjoyed by all children today. Well, that's nice. That's thoughtful. In other words, somebody went to them and said, hey, look, here's the deal. You're going to change these books or we're not going to publish them anymore. That's exactly what they did. Quote, changes were small and carefully considered. I don't care if the guy forgot to add a period at the end of a sentence. If that's the way the book was written and published, that's the way it should be. This is nuts. Suzanne Nozzle is with a free expression group. She says, amidst fierce battles against book bans and strictures on what can be taught and read, selective editing to make small works of literature conform to particular sensibilities could represent a dangerous new weapon. I think she may be British because basically she's saying this is nuts, people. This is nuts. Those who might cheer specific edits to Dahl's work should consider how the power to rewrite books might be used in the hands of those who do not share their values and sensibilities. By the way, Salman Rushdie is weighing in on this. I hope he's doing well. You know, he was nearly assassinated a couple of years ago. Anyway, he said this is absurd censorship, and they ought to be ashamed. And he's right. People should be ashamed. But this is a classic example of how the left is going in and literally rewriting our history and rewriting our books. All I can tell you is somebody did that to one of my books, we'd be having to come to Jesus meeting. I'm just telling you. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. Again, that's 844-747-8868. Do you have a problem? 
within censoring children's storybooks now, America? We'll take your calls coming up next. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Hour two of the big show underway. This is an extravaganza, folks, and we're having a great time today. Real quick, I want to go to the phones. Uh, we have Joseph from North Carolina listening to us on WSJS, our great affiliate there in the Winston-Salem area. And uh, Joseph wants to weigh in on the worst president of all time and this crazy censorship. Joseph, what's going on? Hey, John. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, this crazy censorship, I take it the author has passed away. Yeah, he died uh, back in the 1990s. Okay. So that- in my mind, makes it that much more despicable. The man's not here to defend himself uh, or his work. And uh, I don't know, these people want to do this, and and I don't know, I get the feeling that their attitude is, you know, we should be lucky. We should be lucky. They're not tossing the books into a fire, you know? Um, I don't know. It, it It's crazy. Uh and then, yes, worst president, um, you know, me personally, uh, I uh, had an episode in August of 21 where I almost died. And I sat in the hospital, uh, couldn't take my eyes off the news, uh, the Afghanistan debacle. And I decided right then and there, uh, Joe Biden has to be the worst president ever. And in my mind, if we watched and listen to everything he's done and said since. Um, he's just spent that time raising the bar that, yeah. that no one's ever going to take that title away from him. Well, I yeah, and and we're just we've still got two years to go, Joseph. So you wonder just how bad can it can it really get? And it's already bad, Joseph. We got a skedaddle. Thank you for your call, and thank you for listening to us on WSJS, great radio station. I want to go to our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now uh, from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Congressman Bob Bob Good joins us. Congressman, hope you're doing well today. Doing well, Todd. Great to be with you, and happy post-President's Day. Yes, sir. Likewise, uh, Congressman, This uh, we've been watching President Biden overseas, and I get, sometimes I get the impression that he likes Ukraine more than he likes us. Well, he certainly goes uh, to places in Europe, Ukraine, Poland, and so forth, that he, in direct contradiction to where he doesn't go in the United States, he doesn't go to the border, he doesn't go to East Palestine, uh, Ohio, he doesn't seem to care about the safety and security of Americans. Now, you just, I think the crux of the issue is why is America borrowing, borrowing, that's the key word there, borrowing to provide 80% of the international funding uh, for Ukraine, $113 billion last year sent there, which equates to about $260 million per congressional district. I think if you had the constituents of 
my congressional district and most congressional districts in the end of the that we're going to vote on whether or not to, spend, to send $260 million from you uh, to borrow to send to Ukraine, or are we going to spend it or invest it within your district in whatever things might benefit the people of the Virginia's 5th District or whatever district that we're speaking about? And, you know, we're already on the hook, as you know, Todd, to uh, defend or pledge to defend 30 or so NATO countries, some of which are just a few hundred thousand in population, who don't meet, most of which who don't meet, of course, the 200% military investment commitment that's supposed to be required of membership. Uh, you know, NATO re, you know, rejected Ukraine as a member. Uh, Europe is not tangibly supporting Ukraine. Um, and yet the United States is borrowing to almost unilaterally fund this proxy war in Ukraine. Meanwhile, you have American people who are suffering. Uh, you've got these uh, these disasters. Uh, I mean, we've had what there was another big train derailment today. Uh, you've got all this. You've got this chaos in this country. Uh, you've got a military that uh, they're having to. Many of them are having to rely on welfare, public assistance to make ends meet. And and Biden's going over there and announcing, okay, we're going to give you another half a billion dollars on top of the billions we've already given you. It does show an administration out of touch with even just the symbolism, as you reference, on going on President's Day, making a trip to Ukraine when he has nothing to point to in terms of success or achievement or anything that he's done to make the American people better. This is a president that makes Carter, God bless Jimmy Carter, uh, right now, but makes Carter look competent, makes Obama look moderate by comparison, clearly the worst president of my lifetime. You know, I was born during the LBJ administration, but clearly the worst president among uh, that, I've, that I've ever seen witness in my lifetime. The only president that I'm aware of historically that has intentionally harmed the United States just for the border alone, just for the border alone, what he's done with the six million illegals who've invaded not to mention willfully, purposefully weakening our military. You know, how does the $113 billion that we've sent to Ukraine diminished our capacity to fight the climate war or to fight racism in the military, the two biggest threats that he's identified to the military uh, in, in his obviously uh, misguided thought process there and what you know, his administration, you know, being beholden to the radical left and the climate war, so-called, and the war against racism, institutional racism within the military, within our country. But uh, the symbolism is not lost that there he is, instead of trying to help his own country, being concerned about the safety and security of the United States, he continues to weaken and undermine that while going overseas to focus on um, our nation borrowing to fund the security of another nation. What what really strikes me here, and the irony, of course, the fight in, in Ukraine is really all about border security, and Russia violated the, the, the sovereign border of Ukraine. That is the same issue we are dealing with here in this country, and yet the Biden administration and the Democrats refuse to address the invasion of our country. No, no question about that. And, and you have, and what is the end game? What is the exit strategy? What is the determination of success for the United States with our involvement over there and the fear that we all reasonably have of the escalation of our involvement there and the escalation of other countries, let's say China, whomever getting involved. Uh, in Ukraine, you know, we can condemn Russia as an evil regime. We can 
condemn the ruthless, brutal attack. We can wish and pray for success on behalf of Ukraine to defeat Russia without but while being clear eyed and, and recognizing that Ukraine is not a country that shares our values, it is not a constitutional republic like ours. You look at how uh, they have tr- retreated political opponents in Ukraine, how they've suppressed the media in Ukraine, how they've diminished religious freedom there in Ukraine. And, you know, as we've tried to have at least accountability and transparency, Republicans have for the 113 billion, the funds that have been sent there, Democrats have resisted that. You also have to wonder how the Biden administration, how Biden himself, the president, is compromised with his uh, actions towards Ukraine based on the involvement of his family in corrupt business deals in Ukraine. When you have his family, his son, his brother, his family making millions of dollars uh, off of Ukraine, and then you see billions of dollars redirected to Ukraine, borrowed again, borrowed by the American taxpayer to send to Ukraine, uh, you have to wonder uh, how his being compromised might influence the decisions that he's making relative to Ukraine. And Congressman, of course, uh, this hearing uh, at the border of the Democrats, have wh- wh- where do they stand on this? Hearing, I'm hearing reports the Democrats are planning not to show up. Why would they go to the border? I've been to the border five times in my first two years in Washington uh, just to try to keep attention on what I believe is perhaps the greatest issue facing the country, the invasion of the southern border. Kudos to Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan for bringing that hearing down to uh, the border to do that. Uh, but when you visit with Border Patrol and lo- local law enforcement and and uh, those ranchers and it, it, people who live at the border, they tell you Democrats never come. So it's not surprising that Democrats would not want to be part of a hearing at the southern border when all of them, all of them are guilty of supporting the policies that have compromised the safety and security of the United States with the border. And, of course, now we've got tenfold increase in invasion of illegals across our northern border. While still a fraction of the southern border, we're seeing a tenfold increase in the northern border as well. All right. Well, Congressman, we appreciate the updates on both of those stories, and we appreciate the great work you're doing as a member of the House Freedom Caucus. Well, thank you, Todd. Appreciate you having me on and keep up the fight, my friend. All right. Uh, Congressman Bob Good from the Great Commonwealth of Virginia. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to go back to this story broke yesterday afternoon, late in the show. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Congress lady from Georgia, suggested on Twitter that the United States needs to have a national divorce. Uh, This was the tweet. I'll read it for you um, so you will have the context. We need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies. She says, we need a national divorce. Do you agree with that? If so, how is that even feasible? Is it possible to separate us between red states and blue states? Because in some of the red states, there are, there are blue counties. In some of the blue states, there are red counties. So what say you, ladies and gentlemen? Man, is she under fire for saying this? I, I Look, but... What what MTG is saying is true. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, there's no doubt the country is divided. And let me ask you this. How do you 
unite the country again? How do you make us a united people? A lot of people are going after MTG for, for bringing this up, but, I mean, everybody's talking about it at the diners, at the bars, at the ball games. People are fed up, and they see, and especially from the left, they see the intolerant left, and they see that the left is not budging. It's either their way or the highway. And sooner or later, I think there will come a point where people have to decide, all right, am I willing to to stay a, stay an American citizen and lose my constitutional rights? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right, with the whole woke movement. I mean, we already saw this play out. We were telling you about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, how they're going in and rewriting the book to take out all the parts that might offend people. They're banning books in some areas. They're cranking down on Christianity. So at some point, yeah, they are going to come after our our freedoms. I mean, look at what they've done to the Second Amendment, for crying out loud. Sonia, I'm curious. Do you agree with MTG that we are we need a national divorce or we are heading towards I mean it's they don't want to call it a civil war but is there is there a way for for states to to leave the union peacefully 844-747-8868 that's our toll-free telephone number that's 844-747-8868 got to take a break we'll be right back I don't know why I had this. I was well. I know. I know why I had this song in my mind. Now it's from uh, the uh, George and Tammy show. You know, the uh, they're doing the um, the fictionalized version of their relationship. Was it Tammy Wynette saying the D I V O R C D I V O R C E the divorce song? That was. I, I do not have a very good singing voice, ladies and gentlemen. But it's a great song. Uh, let's go to the phone, though. Um, Lance in Oregon, KYKN, our great radio station there. All right, Lance, what do you think about MTG's call for divorce? Well, I, I kind of find it funny because I don't really think that uh, the federal government is really going to be take kindly to, to a state or two states or three states trying to assimilate out of the United States. I I look at it like I an individual and I, I struggle with it because I where else is where else are we to go um, if we don't believe in what uh, the federal government's dictating. I just don't see that uh, I don't see there's a real way out of it, Todd. Well I look I think the Republic of Texas would be the, the last state standing and they would probably be the first to go at that, and at that point, you would probably have. I would just uh, I, again, just speculating here. If Texas were to pull out of the union, you would have Oklahoma and Arkansas probably joining them. Maybe Louisiana right out of the gate. I mean that that would make sense, being you know border states. 
But, the, you know, the issue is, would the federal government allow that to happen? They didn't allow it to happen the last time. So they went to war over that. Remember, the Civil War did not, the states had already seceded, and then there was the shooting war. So um, I, I, I just, I, I don't see this working the way MTG wants to see it working, where the blue states would stay and the red states would go. Well, Todd, I just thought, my feel is, is I know Texas is the only state that legally can do it, but I don't even think that the federal government would allow Texas to leave. You don't think so? No, I I don't think so, Todd, because they view it as a a resource, and I I don't really care. They don't pay attention to the laws they have on the books now, much less a law like that that was instigated, you know, over 100 some odd years ago that bulldozed that right through they would not they would not consider that legal all i know is our side has the has the guns we've got the food and we have the better looking women so i think you know there's there's that lance yeah appreciate that call let's go to connor in boston who disagrees with mtg all right connor i know you're a yankee but go ahead oh come on (laughs) it's a pleasure to be with you though todd likewise but I'm going to tell you, I'm really disappointed that she would say something like that because part of being a Republican is you fight and you fight for the for the America that we know. If we were just to um, separate the red states from the blue states, basically give the blue states the union, it's like we've given up on America at that point. We um, we like we've given up and we've surrendered to them. I think what we really need to focus on is focus on the media, focus on big tech, and focus on election integrity. So all communication points, both from the left and the right are being communicated to the American people, especially during election time, and they can make an informed decision. When that's the case, our side wins every single time. But I don't think that that's a responsible or um, really a good alternative to solve this problem. I'm not quite sure what the point of all of that was. Um, I mean, clearly people are you know have been talking about it for a very long time. Uh, I just don't see it happening the way she envisions it. I just I don't think that's actually possible. Um, but again, and to the point of the last caller, I don't think the the federal government's going to let anybody go. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you something also. I am a um, pretty conservative Republican up here in Massachusetts. And every time I deal with the left, I stand my ground. And if they want to silence me or anything like that, they have to carry me out of uh, whatever venue I'm in. Um, I fight for the values and I fight for the America that I believe in. Um, and that's really like how I feel, and that's how I've always conducted myself here. I've been trying. I told you this before. I've been trying to get canceled up here for years. They, they won't touch me on that. So. Connor, we got to get you. We've got to get you hooked up though with a Southern bride. That's what you need. So <laughs> we'll get you going. All right, Connor. We got to. We got to leave. We got to go to the break. Good hearing from you though. All right, that's Connor from Boston, great American patriot. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starn Show. folks welcome back to the todd stern's radio program by the way 
just a reminder about our upcoming trip to Israel. We're taking 100 of our listeners to Israel. Uh, That's happening in November of this year, seven days and seven nights. And we would love for you to join us. This is going to be a great family-friendly experience. Uh, We have a a great website with all of the details, including many of the major stops we will be making on our tour. Go to ToddSterns.com and you will see at the top of the page the link to our trip to Israel. Also, we're going to have an additional component of this where you will have an opportunity to meet Israeli government leaders. So this is going to be a fascinating once-in-a-lifetime first-class journey to Israel. And again, if you would like information, you can go to our website, toddsterns.com, or you can call Dylan and uh, you can uh, give him your information. That number, 844-747-8868. Again, that's a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. And be sure to wish Dylan a happy birthday today, too. So there you go. All right, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Great to have with us Timothy Head from the Faith and Freedom Coalition. He is the executive director. Timothy, hope you're doing good today. I am. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, You know, it's interesting. uh, CPAC is right around the corner. Um, I'm heading out there. We'll be doing our show from CPAC. And a lot of folks are already in that election mode for 2024. And I'm wondering, especially among the the values voters out there, are are people beginning to get excited or do we still have a few more months to go? beginning to get excited, I would say. So, uh, you know, clearly uh, President Trump, uh, you know, he he, um, he certainly knows how to, uh, to uh, kind of keep us on the edge of our seats. And so there's there's no shortage of uh, intrigue around him. But, uh, of course, plenty of people are interested in what a certain governor of Florida might be doing. And uh, matter of fact, our, our Iowa chapter in um, in uh, it's in mid to late April, uh, is actually having our first kind of uh, presidential forum that will have several um, either announced or, or prospective uh, candidates uh, there in Des Moines. So I, you know, Iowa, it's uh, it's kind of a year-round uh, enterprise. Who's going to be the Republican uh, nominee out there? So it's it's definitely heating up. Timothy, are you are you able at this point to to announce who is going to be showing up at that event? We, uh, we're still kind of working on nailing down a few confirmations. So I would say uh, right now it's looking like probably six or seven are going to be there, and then we'll have another one in um, in uh, probably late September, mid to late September, with another uh, seven or eight. But uh, but we're they, they haven't quite uh, uh, released us to, to to say their names just quite yet. I think we'll probably know. Uh, we'll probably be able to say something in another couple of weeks. So this is a, so. Would these be Republicans then that are interested in running for the White House? That's right. You know, wow. so they're they're uh, as as you know, Iowa. Uh, those, those first uh, they call them carve out states or early states. Iowa. Um, uh, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina really uh, are where uh, you have to kind of make your hay before you head into Super Tuesday, and, and uh, it's going to be in late late March next year. So, uh, so those first four states are critically important. So, we'll be actually hosting events in Iowa and in South Carolina throughout this year to kind of introduce voters to to uh, would be um, uh, presidential candidates. Well, that is, I'm really surprised by the number you said there. That's that's pretty interesting. So that tells me that uh, this could be a robust Republican primary season uh, coming up for 2024. 
That's right. You know, and, and um, you know, as, as I think those that are that are studiously watching past presidential cycles, you may notice that, that um, you know, uh, some people probably have more um, more viable um, opportunities than others. But uh, but I think it's important for a lot of voices to be heard. And, um, and so we'll have a lot of different perspectives that will be kind of represented there. Some are, are kind of new to the scene. Some are very well, well known and well established. And I think that, you know, again, places like Iowa and South Carolina are great places uh, for, for candidates to be able to kind of uh, customize and, and, um, and practice their message, how to communicate to, to, like you said, value voters out there. What will be the, the thing that the Faith and Freedom Coalition is looking for and a candidate. Um, I know we, you guys are pro-faith, pro-family, pro-freedom, but what does that look like on a practical level? Well, you know, our, our basic approach uh, when it comes to, to really all of politics is that we want to see a thousand flowers uh, bloom, but we want to make sure that, uh, that voices, like you said, that are pro-life, pro-faith, pro-traditional uh, pro marriage, and, uh, you know, a lot of context pro-Israel, we want to make sure that that cream kind of rises to the top. So we, we won't necessarily uh, endorse a single candidate, um, but uh, but we'll we'll give plenty of uh, uh, um, candidates plenty of opportunities to to speak to large crowds. Either again in Iowa and South Carolina, or we'll probably do something in Nevada late this year, and uh, we'll be in Washington D.C. in June this year. You know, so we'll we'll be kind of uh, we we see ourselves kind of like uh, political matchmakers. You know, we're trying to find. Uh, candidates and introducing the voters and voters and introducing the candidates and make sure that these values are spoken uh, spoken to loudly and proudly. And I think people have to realize, and even President Trump, and, and I think one of the reasons he was so successful is that he identified early on that he would need the support of the Faith and Freedom Coalition and and your constituency. And he went out there, made promises, and delivered on those promises. Well, I mean, it, it was it was not just the kind of a tagline. He he truly did. Uh, it was it was promises made and promises kept with him, and uh, which is why we so greatly appreciated when he was in office. And we also uh, are are certainly more than happy to remind people of that throughout this cycle. And um, and and you know he, he uh, we're working on on his attendance at, at several different things throughout this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we think that, that it's important for people uh, not just to kind of talk the talk, but also walk the walk, and he definitely did that. But certainly, well, that makes a lot of sense. Timothy, if people want to get information, get involved in Faith and Freedom Coalition, uh, where do they need to go? Well, best uh, best place is just our website, which is FF Coalition. That's uh, ffcoalition.com, and, and we uh, have updates on upcoming events and, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, legislative priorities that we're working on. Uh, state uh, state level policies that we're working on, uh, events that we're uh, that we're planning throughout the the course of the year. So uh, so that website's the, probably the best place to to find us and kind of track with us. All right, ffcoalition.com. You know, it's interesting. You guys registered more voters than the Republican Party did in in the last election cycle. And and I'm wondering if the RNC are they open? I mean, quite frankly, if I was at the RNC, I'd be knocking down the doors to the Faith and Freedom Coalition, saying, "Okay, how did you guys do all of this?" Well, uh, you know, the the uh, our, our basic kind of mantra around Faith and Freedom Coalition is is that we have a special term for the day after elections. They're just called Wednesdays for us. <laughs> we just never really quit. You know, it's uh, 
it's a year in year out kind of cycle and and so you know when uh when when people are really kind of hyped up and talking about politics we're certainly in the fray but when people have kind of moved on to summer baseball or school or whatever the case we're still you know have our our kind of uh, hands to the plow uh so it's it's it literally is a um a way of life in a lot of ways for us and that's i think that's that's one of the kind of prices of of uh of freedom is what we consider our, you know eternal vigilance there and you, you got to do it. I mean, and that's the, that's the winning formula. All right, Timothy, we're going to leave it there. Uh, good luck out there on the campaign trail, and we hope to run into you. We'll be crisscrossing Iowa and the other battle early battleground states. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, and I look forward to seeing you at CPAC maybe next week. Uh, we'll be there. All right, uh, Timothy Head, everybody, Faith and Freedom Coalition Executive Director. And if again, if you would like information on getting involved in. Folks, if you're going to get involved in an organization, this is the one, ffcoalition.com. All right, Timothy, thank you again. Thank you so much, Tony. God bless. All right, good guy right there. By the way, we are going to be broadcasting the show from CPAC. That's coming up, what, next week, week after next? It's coming up. Going to be a lot of fun. I think it is week after next. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, We will be doing, what, Thursday, Friday shows, and uh, we'll also be uh, doing some special things for um, the digital platforms that we have as well. Uh, I will be opening up the entire CPAC. I'll be leading a big panel discussion with some of our friends on the House. Freedom Caucus. So I hope to see you there. And if you're making plans to be at CPAC, you better drop by and say hello. You will not be able to miss our big red background uh, with the, with the name of the show. And we would love to be able to say hello to you in person. Grace Baker is going to be there as well. So we're just going to have uh, really a great time. All right, we've got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, I want to tell you about our friends over at Newsmax TV. Man, did they take a hit from AT&T and DirecTV, censored on their platform. Meanwhile, DirecTV, they've still got 22 liberal news channels, and nobody watches them, but they cancel Newsmax, which, by the way, is the fourth highest-rated cable news channel in America. Why would they do that? It's not the first time that they have censored a conservative channel. They did the same thing to One America News. And so now millions of DirecTV subscribers cannot watch Newsmax. So here's what we need you to do. We need you to call DirecTV right now and tell them you want Newsmax back on the air. Tell them you oppose censorship and you want more voices, not less. Write down this number, 877-NEWSMAX. That's 877-NEWSMAX, and we will connect you directly to DirecTV. And if you support free speech, we need you to give us a call, 877-NEWSMAX, and we'll tell you how to help. We'll be right back, America. All right. Happy Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday. A lot of parades down in New Orleans, the Big Easy. And if you are down on Beale Street, or Bourbon Street, rather, you are not listening to this radio program right now. So <laughs> we'll catch you on the flip side. And what is it? Ash Wednesday. Yes, yeah, so uh, you gotta you got to repent for all the stuff you did today. And I suspect some of the, some of the video I've seen, there's going to be a lot of repenting going on. All right. Um, there is a weird story out of Tennessee. 
And I don't know what's going on at the state legislature in Tennessee, but man, are they, they've got some lunatics up there. So there's a woman named Gloria Johnson. She is a state representative over in the Knoxville area. And she's got her pantyhose in a twist over uh, the fact that prominent conservatives, including yours truly, are moving to the volunteer state. Now, I moved back to the volunteer state. I am a native son. I was born in these parts. Anyway, Representative Johnson's very upset because um, Tommy Laren, Matt Walsh, Candace Owens, and Ben Shapiro, among others, have moved to Tennessee. But by the way, Shapiro hasn't moved to Tennessee. He lives in Florida. Regardless, she said that all of these people are what she called a vortex of evil. Sounds rather ominous, doesn't it? A vortex of evil. Miss Johnson is a Democrat. She is a retired school teacher. On her Twitter page, she pledges allegiance to the Black Lives Matter movement. She's one of the woke white Karens, by the way. Just want to make sure you understand what we're dealing with here. Uh, she's also one of these people obsessed with announcing preferred pronouns. By the way, is it – have you – I'm just going to throw this out there. Do you ever accept a friend request, or would you ever follow anybody on social media where they listed their pronouns? Just throwing that out there. I'm not sure I could be – if you're sending me a resume for a job and you put your pronouns there, I'm not too sure that's a – I'm not sure that's going to get you the job. Anyway, the reason why – the reason why people like Tommy Laren – and Betsy DeVos and Rebecca Mercer are moving to Tennessee is because it's a place where freedom is defended and liberty is celebrated. And may I just say this, it's a place that has no state income tax. That's right. Our government is run by conservatives and things are, we're doing pretty good here. Even have a surplus in the budget. Tennessee is a place that welcomes everybody, Democrats and Republicans, those who drink sweet tea, those who do not. We're hospitable like that. So I think it's sort of ironic that Miss Johnson, who is a Democrat, is complaining about people moving to Tennessee. Sounds a little intolerant to me, but the reason why it's ironic is this woman's not even from Tennessee. She was born in Colorado, raised in California. So technically, she's not only a carpetbagger, she's an intolerant carpetbagger. And it seems to me if she's got a problem living among conservatives, she's more than happy to book the next flight from Delta, get back to Colorado. Don't let the hit door hit you where the good Lord splits you, darling. Let's go to the phones. Rebecca in Maine, WLOB, our great station there. Hi, Rebecca. What's on your mind? Hello, sir. Um, well, I'm going to be in a year one of those people that she really doesn't like because my happy hubby and I made a decision uh, to move to Tennessee um, for all of the reasons that you just named off as being the very wonderful things, the income tax, the conservative-minded people. I have to break it to you, though. I am not a sweet tea drinker, but, you know, I think I could be loved anyway. Um, I want to come and support a state that, you know, seems to be having things going the right direction, and it's funny because... I'll be on the east side of uh, on the east side of Knoxville, but I'm more than ready to take on somebody like her. 
Rebecca, you're going to love that part of the state. Um, and by the way, the, the great thing about Memphis or Tennessee is you've got so many different. We have East Tennessee, West Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and all three are very different regions. So what part of what part of the state are you moving to? Uh, we're looking at the Johnson City area. Oh, that, nice. over in that, that that side of things, yes. Well, and you know Bristol, that's half, half the towns in Tennessee, and literally the, the state line is right through the middle of Main Street. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, we couldn't be more excited. We're coming in the summer because, you know, you guys are a little warmer than we are, so we're making our visit during the summer, so I get all of the, all of the, um, you know, the take on Tennessee, but... Happy Hubby did a spreadsheet, and you guys came out number one on the on the list of uh, areas that we decided to. Well, this is exciting. You know. Yes. Now, Rebecca, have you been to Dollywood yet? No, sir, I have not. All right, we call that Redneck Vegas. You'll love it. It's in okay. the neighborhood, so okay. you, you got to go check out Dollywood um and uh and pigeon forge all sorts. You're just going to have a great time. Great food, great I people, am, great music. I am so looking forward to it, but I just wanted to let you know. There are those of us that are moving there that have, uh, you know, are like-minded with those of you that are already there, and um, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to it. But I just had to, I had to chime in on this one. Rebecca, welcome to Tennessee, and let me tell you this, one, just one glass of sweet tea, and you'll have a southern accent. <laughs> okay, sir. All right. Have a wonderful day. All right, safe <laughs> travels. All right, welcome to Tennessee. Look, we welcome everybody down here, folks, and we're excited. Rebecca's coming down. Um, and, and again, it's it's about freedom. And yeah, we live in. I live in the blue part of of Tennessee, but we're working on it. It's a process, and I'd like to think that sooner or later, people are going to get sick and tired of folks getting shot and carjacked and all this other kind of stuff. I, I think. And they're going to they're going to finally throw their hands up and say, "What do we do? How do we make sure that our kids go to a good school and they're going to be able to read and write and do mathematics? How how do we how do we make sure that you know our cars don't get stolen from our our parking lots? How do we do that?" And I'm just going to tell them, "You got to embrace the conservative way of life." And maybe just maybe we will have some sort of a I don't know like an Asbury University political revival. That would be nice. All right, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Hey, check out our website, folks, ToddSterns.com. Great stories. We'll be right back, America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. And hello America, welcome to Hour 3 of The Big Show. Are you doing well today? Do you have any problems you want me to help you figure out on the... I, relationship advice, happy to give it today. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. So I, I want to share with you an update about James O'Keefe, who is now gone. He was fired from Project Veritas. And the the accusations are being slung around on both sides. 
Now, I shared with you uh, some th- the backstory on Project Veritas, and and these guys, they're. <sighs> Here's the problem. They do incredibly great work, but they're not the nicest people in the world. I can deal with that. There are some people who can't deal with it, but it's just the reality. It's that they're not very nice people. They're very full of themselves, but they do great work. And and quite frankly, the work they do is more important than their attitudes, in, in my estimation. So James O'Keefe came out yesterday, a big video, 45 minutes. I watched the entire thing. And the takeaway here is that somebody is not telling the truth. That's just, it's just the, the, the stories are so different that somebody is lying here. You've got the board of directors, and they're now saying, now originally they said that this was all about James O'Keefe just being a rude person. And when that first came out, I'm like, yeah, okay, everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much out there and that he ate some pregnant woman's peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was kind of weird. Unless it was like the Welch's strawberry jam and the Jif extra crunchy. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good sandwich right there. So anyway, uh, James O'Keefe said nothing. He came out yesterday with this video that he filmed at at Project Veritas headquarters and he basically said that he is being forced out and all of this happened as a result of the investigative work they've been doing on Pfizer. And it's pretty I mean he delivered a pretty convincing argument that he is the victim of this renegade board of directors. Well then the board of directors comes out with a statement and now the board of directors has changed its story. Now, originally they said, James O'Keefe, horrible person, he's a jerk, likes to eat sandwiches for pregnant women. And now they're saying, no, 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 no. The reason why we fired James O'Keefe is that he was risking the group's nonprofit status. And they laid it all out there. Now, I'm going to share this with you, and then I will offer my thought, but I want to hear from you as well. Who do you believe here? Do you believe James O'Keefe? Do you believe the board of directors at Project Veritas? 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Now, here is the, here's the issue. There's a power struggle going on right now. And I suspect this has not as much to do about Project Veritas as it does the conservative movement as a whole and the silencing of true conservatives. And I believe James O'Keefe to be a true conservative. These are the same people that are circling around and protecting Ron DeSantis, and I'm, I have some concerns about that right now. I'm not willing to say that Ron DeSantis has been co-opted, but the people that are surrounding Ron DeSantis are not good people. And this is all, everything you see happening in the conservative world right now is about stopping Donald Trump. And that may mean that James O'Keefe just got, just became a sacrificial lamb. So anyway, here's what we know. Um, a memorandum was sent to employees last week, and the board warned there is no Project Veritas without the IRS. Now, Project Veritas, and this is fascinating, I did not realize this. Project Veritas is not a for-profit organization. It's a non-profit organization. Therefore, they have to abide by certain rules and regulations governing nonprofits. 
They can't engage in politics. They can't they can't operate for the benefit of private interest. As a result of that, they don't have to pay any federal income taxes. And last year, Project Veritas raised about $21 million. That's a lot of money. So the board of directors says that James O'Keefe's behavior and his spending jeopardized their nonprofit status. That's their new argument. But when you read through, and, and some of these things are fairly, they said that he spent all this money on a wedding. Well, he's not married. So I'm not quite sure what the issue there was. So there's just a lot of weird stuff, but clearly a power struggle. They said he demeaned his staff. He mistreated donors. Meanwhile, James O'Keefe supporters say he's the victim of a coup. May I just say that as long as this fight is going on, nobody is being exposed. None of the bad guys out there in these undercover videos are being exposed. So God's work is not being done while these guys battle it out. And we still don't know what happened. So um, Matthew, and this is where it gets weird. So there is a guy named Matthew uh, Tiremond. He is on the board. He is a conservative. He says, do you not realize this organization has a bigger bullseye on the back than any in the history of American nonprofits? So he's he's not on the he's declined to comment to the Washington Post, but he has argued privately that people weighing in on the developments at Project Veritas don't have a clue. So he is not uh, an O'Keefe fan right now. So there's a lot going on. If I were you and you donate to Project Veritas, I would just hold off for a while and see how all this plays out. But let's get real. Without James O'Keefe, there's really no Project Veritas. I mean, he's the guy that founded all of this. And it seems to me that if the board of directors really had an issue with where what, whatever was going on, then they should be the ones to resign, not James O'Keefe. Anyway, they're accusing him of spending $14,000 on a charter flight, $150,000 for drivers, $60,000 for theatrical productions. So look, a lot of this sounds sounds like a lot of money, but you know, again, this guy needs security. They rent these um, the SUVs, all that kind of stuff. So it all it all adds up. I'm not seeing anything that screams financial malfeasance here. But clearly James O'Keefe has hacked off the wrong people. 844-747-8868, if you want to weigh in on that story. By the way, Kevin McCarthy now giving 44,000 hours or 4,400 hours of, of video from the January 6th Capitol riot to Tucker Carlson. Is that a good move? I mean, McCarthy said he was going to make it public. My concern is, really, he wanted to give it to Fox News Channel based on what we already know that many of the primetime hosts are anti-Trump, and they had already taken sides. So are we going to be able to get a fair assessment of what happened? I Honestly, I would have liked to have seen a Twitter files dump where, where everybody gets to watch the same video. I, I just don't know about that. I just don't know about it. By the way, we have a Twitter poll up. I, I'm curious to get your take on this. We asked our listeners on Twitter earlier this morning about this situation where the Fox News 
a host and the staff were attacking President Trump and attacking his supporters. They were saying one thing on the air and then saying something completely different off air. And so the question we asked, were you surprised to learn that some of your favorite conservative television hosts don't actually believe what they broadcast on their shows? 55% say they were not surprised at all. 40% say grifter's going to grift. <laughs> and only 4% said, said they were shocked. That's interesting. That tells me that a majority of people out there in the conservative world are okay being misled by their conservative TV host. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're opening up the phone lines, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, let's get right to the phone lines, 844-747-8868. Let's go to John in Kentucky, wants to weigh in on the James O'Keefe story. Hi, John, what's on your mind? Hey there, Mr. Starnes. I've been listening to your show since the time of Northern War of Northern Aggression, and you're an excellent host. Concerning, uh, concerning Mr. O'Keefe, I have a tendency to believe him because every time you get a board of directors in, Sometimes the bad guys might try to put in a sleeper, and if they think it's going to affect, you know, then that way they can uh, relay the information to the to the bad guys. I'll just say it that way. And if they don't like what Mr. O'Keefe is doing, which obviously he's been doing a lot of good for the United States of America, they're going to try to get rid of him. And I will listen and hang up and for your and listen to your response. But real quick, Todd. You were one of the reasons why we originally wanted to move to Tennessee. And that's how much of an effect I believe you have on your callers. You're a man of faith, you speak the truth, and you also reason from a point of common sense. God bless you, Todd. Well, uh, John, thank you for those kind words. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we've got plenty of room down here. Uh, everybody come on down. You know, we'll get you some land, and you can build a house, and you can become a member of the volunteer state so we we're good people down here in this part of the country look i i don't know who to believe but i'm with you i'm with john i part i'm siding with o'keefe here because he created all of this now is it possible that he was loose with the money or maybe he wasn't abiding by i mean when you when you're a kid and the guy's not that old uh, and you've got $21 million coming in, you're going to want to spend money on extravagant stuff. You're just going to want to do that. So maybe, I don't know. I, I just don't know. But I do know this. There's something going on within the Republican Party and the conservative world. And all of this is designed to take out Donald Trump. Now, we had Timothy Head from Faith and Freedom Coalition on a few moments ago, and I was very interested to hear him talk about they're doing a big presidential forum in Iowa, six to eight people already committed. I want to know who those people are. This is going to be a very robust primary season, and you better believe that Liz Cheney and Willard Mitt Romney and Kryan Kinzinger and all these guys, they're going to be coming after Trump, and they're going to be circling around somebody. And right now, that somebody is Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley, Lord love her, she doesn't have a shot. And no, I don't think she's a rhino. I just don't think she's got a shot at this. I, I really don't. 
So anyway, we'll see how all this plays out. But they're going to be taken out. They see this as an opportunity to shut down people like James O'Keefe and to shut down others. And we'll see how far this goes. But you've got to step back. And I'm just, again, if you are a donor to Project Veritas, if I were you, I would just hold hold off. Just hold off until they get all this sorted out. Oh, by the way, speaking of Nikki Haley, man, are they coming after her. This is ugly stuff here. Uh, cut number one. Uh, to quote Zora Neale Hurston, not all skin folk are kinfolk. Uh, Nikki Haley instead is the Dinesh D'Souza of Candace Owens. She's the alpha Karen with brown skin. <laughs> and for white supremacists and racists, she's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And instead of applauding her, I am just disgusted by people like Nikki Haley who know better, whose parents were the beneficiaries, as Asha said, of the 1965 Immigration Nationality Act, which passed thanks to those original BLM protesters and the Civil Rights Act. Her father came here because he was a professor. He taught at a historically black college in South Carolina. That's how she became the proud American that she is. And yet, what does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi. Because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks. And she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. And the reason why I feel sad, because no matter what she does, Mehdi, it'll never be enough. They'll never love her. And if you don't believe me, what did Ann Coulter tell proud yeah. American Nikki well, Haley two days ago? <laughs> go back to your country. Nikki, go back. they'll never love you. Go back. It ain't worth it. All right. <laughs> wow. So that's uh, the folks over at MSDNC. I think you have to actually register to be a professional racist to actually get on the air over there. Can you believe this stuff? Uses her brown skin to launder white supremacy. Meanwhile, the squawking magpies over at The View are accusing Haley of being ageist. Cut number three. We're one of the only countries in the world that don't value age, don't value experience. I mean, I remember when my grandmothers were alive, I would sit at their feet and just take in the lessons and everything that they had to say. And now it's like, oh, you're too old. Well, really, because when that person is gone, so is that institutional knowledge. And it just makes me sick. I think we have a clip of Nikki Haley. The America I see, the permanent politician will finally retire. We'll have term limits for Congress. And mandatory mental competency tests for politicians over 75 years old. Or how dare she say that someone over 75 needs some sort of mental acuity test. I think she needs a mental acuity test. <laughs> Really? 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 I mean, really? We're talking, to, we're talking about Joe Biden here, by the way. That's who she's talking about. Joe Biden, who can't even put a, an, an illegible sentence together. Cut number 11. Connection between Polish and, 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 Polish and American people is extremely strong and deep. I was kidding with the president. I was, uh, as a young man, I was uh, born in a coal town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania, in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. 
Then when Cole died, we moved down to Delaware, to a town called Claymont, Delaware, which was a working-class town. And, uh, but everybody in town was either Polish or Italian. I grew up feeling self-conscious. My name didn't end in SKI or an O. Um, but all kidding aside, the connection between... Okay, enough of that. Did you notice nobody laughed? Nobody laughed at the joke? I, 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 were you concerned that he was going to tell a Polish joke? I mean, I, that's where I, I thought that's where he was going. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to, we're about to get into a war with Poland for crying out loud! Oh, by the way, you got to hear this. Uh, this was from earlier today, cut number five. We build a coalition of nations from the Atlantic to the Pacific, NATO to the in the Atlantic, okay. Japan in the Pacific. I mean, across the across the world. Yeah, nothing to see here. Squawking magpies on the view. You know what, ladies, girls, why don't you leave? Why don't you leave the politics to the grown-ups? Why don't you go into the kitchen, make a sandwich? It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Too much testosterone on that program for me, ladies and gentlemen. Way too much. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. And no Polish jokes here or Irish jokes. Right, folks welcome back to the todd stearns radio program so happy to have you with us today our telephone number by the way 844-747-8868 that's a toll-free telephone number that's 844-747-8868 i have a question for you uh at this moment the uh, city council in memphis where we broadcast our program uh they're trying to figure out what to do with all of these car thefts i mean hundreds and hundreds of cars uh, have been have been stolen. I think thousands actually since the first of the year. It's just unbelievable, and people are really getting frustrated over this. Uh, carjackers and most of the crimes are actually being committed by kids, teenagers, and we're not talking about eighteen, nineteen year old. We're talking about ten, eleven, twelve year olds. So the city council is really frustrated because here's the problem: they arrest all these kids, and then they're let go because we have a district attorney who's um, a big George Soros guy, and his name is Steve Mulroy. And this guy is anti-cop, and he is pro-criminal. So what does he do with these kids? They literally send the kids right back out on the street. Now, the other day, somebody got arrested, a kid got arrested, and they realized, oh, wait a second, this one already has the ankle monitor on his leg. So he had already he had already been in trouble for something, and they just let the kid, they just let the kid go. And now comes word of another case. This is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. There was a beautiful lady. She was a Methodist minister. She was very popular uh, in the community, just went above and beyond to, um, to, to, to reach out to the community. Her name was Reverend uh, Autoria Eason-Williams. She was carjacked in her front in the front yard of her home, the driveway, and then the gunman, the attacker, shot and killed her. Sixteen-year-old kid. 
And he was charged as, as an adult. But get this, they let the guy out. They let the guy out, was able to post bond. The kid was 15 years old at the time of the murder, which happened last July. And now this kid, this predator, is out on the streets. So my question is, what do we do? And and this is really for the nation, because we need your help trying to figure this out here. What do you do when you've got all these kids that are out there committing these violent crimes? What's the answer? Do you just let them right back out on the streets? Because right now, this 16-year-old, and get this, one of the local TV stations in Memphis now reporting that not only is the kid out of jail and back out on the streets, but they're letting him back inside the classroom. So your child, if you live in Memphis, your child could be seated in a classroom right next to a cold-blooded killer. 844-747-8868. Very interested to hear how you would handle this. What do you do when you've got thousands, and we have thousands of kids in the city, and they're committing crimes? 844-747-8868. All right, let's go to the phones here. John in Germantown, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM Radio. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? Well, two things, and I wish I had an answer for the problems with the kids, and they're not kids. When they commit the crimes they're committing, they're acting as, uh, well, I don't know, deranged adults, for lack of a better term. They need to be punished some way. There needs to be accountability uh, and I don't have the accountability. You can't throw them all in jail. But there's certainly ways to maybe have some sort of boot camp that would scare these kids straight. I know in Rantoul, Illinois, they have one of those and uh, from up there, and they decided, well, we have to scare these kids straight. So maybe those kinds of things need to take place rather than always jailing. And the only other thing I would say is as long as we elect liberal Uh, District attorneys, such as the one that was funded by George Soros here at Memphis, we will have problems. John, I'm curious. This this scared John. This scared straight program you were talking about. Did that actually work? Did did they see results? Yes, and it's gone on now for probably ten or fifteen years. It's called Lincoln's Challenge, and you can look it up and see what your what it does. I know it was for not major crimes, but it certainly made a difference in the uh, Champaign-Urbana, Rantoul area up there, which is where I came from. John? I have one more thing to ask you to consider, Todd. Yeah, sure. You have a national audience. That audience, I think, is moving away from Donald Trump. Some of us are. I moved away from him after January 6th, to be honest. It's time for you to maybe start a dialogue that would promote a ticket that will win for sure. And that ticket is DeSantis Haley. She should be a vice president and seasoned a bit before she decides she's in the role of presidential uh, caliber. And the other thing I would say about her is um, she'd be a terrific addition to DeSantis because of her experience in the United Nations. And it's a winnable ticket. Donald Trump probably won't beat Joe Biden again if they put up Joe as another puppet president for four years, because they're going to do that, because he is a puppet. But I do feel that DeSantis Haley is a winning ticket, and I'd love to have some of your other listeners weigh in on that. 
And maybe if you decide that's a reasonable strategy, you can make a huge difference with the people you reach every day. John, we're we're gonna th- look. You just you just shared that with millions of people all across America. So let's let's see what they have to say about that. I mean, look uh, at the. We don't know how this is all going to play out. My the, the one concern I have about Trump. I think he would make. I think he would do a great job back in the White House. I have no. Are you there, John? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm not going to disagree with that. However, well, let me share. Let me share my however with you. Here's my however. My however is he's got to figure out a way to build a coalition, a big tent coalition, to get votes. And he's going to have a hard time doing that because the establishment wing of the party is going to fight him. And if it means staying home, there are a lot of people like Liz Cheney in the Republican Party, and they would rather give the White House to the Democrats than put Donald Trump back in there. And I got a problem. That's a concern. We got to figure out what's the workaround. Well, I, I don't disagree with that at all. And I would suggest DeSantis Haley is the winning ticket. All right. Maybe some others agree with me. John, just, we're going to... Just a thought to put out there. No, no, no. Look, it's a great thought. Um, and that's, you know, this is a sounding board, and we got to work through all of this stuff. So, John, appreciate that call, and thank you for listening to us there in Germantown. What do you think here, folks? John says the ticket, the winning ticket for the Republicans is DeSantis Haley, 844-747-8868. Again, toll-free telephone number, 844 844- Seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Now, I want to finish a thought about John was talking about scared straight. Now, I grew up. We we. I was born in Memphis and grew up right across the state line in South Haven, Mississippi, and I was a member of the Cub Scouts. And I'll never forget this because they put the fear of the Lord. They put the fear of the Lord in people uh, back in those days. When, when we went to grade school, we had, a, we had a principal who patrolled the hallways with a fiberglass panel attached to his belt. You better believe we towed the line. And even in Cub Scouts, I'll never forget this, we actually took a, a field trip one day to the DeSoto County Jail in Mississippi. And I can promise you this, every single one of those Cub Scouts, we peed ourselves. We were, we were scared straight, and we didn't even do anything wrong. But the whole point of that is, you got to let kids know at a young age, hey, this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way. And if you screw up, well, you're probably going to end up in jail. So <laughs> it kept me on the straight and narrow. All right, let's go to Scott in Conway, Arkansas, listening to us on KWAM. Scott, you disagree with John. Tell me why. Yeah, Todd, you know what? I've called you many times. I'd like John to explain to me why he decided to go away from Trump after the January 6th incident. Does he have some information that I don't know? Because I'd like to know why he pulled away then. Yeah, I don't I don't you know, I don't know the answer to that question, Scott. I will say this. I don't I don't care about J6. I think we all know that there's a lot more to that and it has nothing to do with Trump. My concern is very practical. How does he get the votes? How does he do it? Well, let's put it this way, Todd. It doesn't matter who's who's running, whether it's DeSantis Haley, that's a terrible ticket, by the way. Or if it's Trump with DeSantis or whatever, if they don't fix the voting situation, it doesn't matter, Todd. You know it. I know it. We've said it at nauseum. 
Am I'm, I correct? I'm still not. Con- I'm still not convinced that DeSantis is the guy. I want to see him take a punch, and I haven't been able to see that just yet. I I, agree. I, I just I don't agree. know about it. I agree, Todd. All right, Scott. Appreciate right. that call, buddy. Take care now. Good to hear from good, you. Good. All right, let's go to Wilson in North Carolina. WSIC, our great station there. All right, Wilson. What say you? I can't believe I got through to start with, but thank you for even giving me a voice. Uh, I, I, I think what the gentleman spoke to two calls ago is exactly what I was hoping for. You've got a, a basically a President Kennedy-style person in DeSantis. You have Nikki Haley, who's young and vibrant and who has, has a tremendous uh, way to articulate herself. And we, as much as I wanted Trump to succeed and still do. Todd, you're a Christian, I, I believe, and I am. And and I struggled so greatly supporting him with his foul mouth and the way he talks about people in general. And I know these people are cussing behind the doors. I'm not ignorant, for heaven's sakes. But Trump is just foul. And DeSantis does not, uh, to me, does not possess that kind of same demeanor. He seems to be a old top of a guy who's willing to take charge. He fires off down there in Florida. He makes it happen. You know, even when the bridge went down after after that horrible storm, they, they didn't fool around. Within days, they're putting a new bridge up. This is the kind of guy we want. We want someone who's inspiring. And as much as I like Trump and his business acumen, his personal life and his personal testimony is just so poor. I know America's half split at this point, but, you know, I still hope that... The majority of the Christians can have someone to vote for and feel good about. And I have not felt good in years and years and years. Wilson, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you, Wilson, what if Trump is the nominee? Would you vote for him? Yes, I would. Okay, there you go. That's honestly, look, so. No, we're talking about because, only because Trump tries to do the right thing. I can deal with his foul mouth and how he handles himself because he does the right things for the country. The Democrats truly are strictly out for their power. They don't care about people. They just want their power. Trump doesn't need or care about it. He's a bazillionaire. What does he care about? Your money. He really did a fantastic job. I, I truly respect and appreciate what he did. But as a, as a, on a personal level, I wouldn't want to even be in the same room and talking to him because I'd be embarrassed to. No, no, no. Look, Wilson, I think you've gotten, yeah, I think a lot of what you just said, I think is flavored by media coverage. I've spent plenty of time one-on-one with him and I'm a, I'm a teetotaling Southern Baptist and I felt very comfortable and I got along with, he's just, he's a good person. Uh, but I understand, yeah, he's got the language. I get it. But you know what? If you go to a Baptist church deacon meeting on Wednesday night, you're probably going to hear some of those same words. Not that it's right, but it's, you know, we've all been there. Wilson, got to run, but God bless you. Give us a call back, and uh, we'll have another conversation. Um, all right, real quick, let's go to James in Arkansas listening to us on KWAM. Hi, James. What's up? Todd, well, you know, I've called you several times before here from Arkansas, and, and I have to say, first of all, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every time and expecting different results. And you got some callers calling in saying, well, you know, we need to vote for these people that are always politicians. <laughs> why, why are you, you have people hate politicians. 
politicians are worse than lawyers now as far as people hating them. It's true. Why are you still saying, yeah, we need to vote for Ron DeSantis. We need to vote for Nikki Haley. Somebody that's never done anything in their life but be a politician. That's it. By the Why way, would you vote for that person and expect that person <laughs> to be any different than any other politician. It's a gr- it's a great question, Jay. It's a great question. And keep in mind, people need to understand this. The reason why Trump was so effective is he was not a politician. That's right. And that's the point. That's what I mean. Insanity is voting in a politician every time. Because you vote somebody in, guess what? All they've ever done is a politician. Do you think they really want to go anywhere else and work a real job? No. Well, they J- just want to keep James, the government check. But James, understand this, and we're going to be ha- we're running late for a break here. So understand this one one concept: we have to start having this conversation now because they're already having that conversation within the leadership of the party, and we've got to make sure they get it right. We cannot afford for them to get this wrong. James, appreciate that call. Love the passion, folks. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. By the way, did you see the uh, the Goodyear blimp at Daytona 500? It was flashing the big sign, don't shoot. That's for you, Joe. All right, let's go to Oklahoma. Great, great station out there. Richard on the line. Hi, Richard. How are you today? I'm all right. How about you? I'm pretty decent. What's going on? What's on your mind, Richard? You know, it's all these brats that's breaking all the laws and stealing all the cars. Why don't we have some, if they can have a new space force, why can't we have some part of the military that's designed for these punks that these kids are automatically sent to and they have to go through their preschool military and then they have to serve like six years when they reach 18. Oh, I like that idea. I mean, you know, back in the day, if you were if you were a screw up, they would ship you off to the military, and the Marine Corps would get you fixed up lickety split. Oh, well, better than what they're doing. Yeah, I, you're right about that, Richard. And but honestly, you know what we need? We need moms and dads in the home, and dad needs to have a big old belt. Well. That I agree with that, but there's more to it than that. Well, yeah, but I think it starts with having a good family, you know, backbone and a background, and uh, you know that doesn't guarantee your kid's going to, you know, do the straight and narrow. But um, there's a pretty, there's a much better chance of them turning out okay. Richard, appreciate that call, and thank you for listening to us. We've got about forty seconds here. Linda in North Carolina, you get the final say of the day. What's what's on your mind, Linda? Thank you for taking my call. I'm calling in about President Trump, why we should support him. He has done, he has given us policies that are very good. I believe he has difficulty choosing um, good advisors, counsels, counselors around him. But I think Christians need to realize we're voting for a president, not a pastor. And we all have our weaknesses, and we all need to get off our soapboxes. Pray for the man, and then vote your conscience. 
Linda, well said, and what a way to end the program today. God bless you, and thank you for those good words. And it's a good word. And, folks, Linda's absolutely right. I mean, the president got an issue with staffing, but we can work through that. That's what, that's what he's got us for. All right, folks, we're going to do this all over again tomorrow. It's been a great show. ToddStarns.com. Check out the website. You're going to love it. we got a lot of great stories. Caleb Park posting right now. Newsletter coming out. Podcast coming out a little bit later. Be sure to download that. You get out there and be good, America.